0: Hello, hello, beautiful, wonderful people. Welcome to Philosophy with Z. I'm so glad that you're here with me today. Uh, We're almost done with the book. It's bittersweet, but I am happy that we are moving right along with the journey because when we finish this book, we'll be able to start a new book. So I'll go ahead and jump right into it. In case this happens to be your first episode, I am Zalika and I've been reading Positive Intelligence by Shazad, Sh- Shazam- Shazad Shameen. and I was thinking of Shazam for some reason. But, but I've been reading this book and it is basically just a framework on how to Remove or weaken what we call your saboteurs and strengthen what we call your sages so that you can basically do whatever you want to do. And I kind of see it as how you do anything is how you do everything. So if you have the ability to conquer some challenges in some areas of your life, then you can conquer challenges in any area of your life. And so these last three chapters, including the one we're about to do now, have been case studies, basically seeing how you can use this framework in certain areas of life, whether it be business or personal relationships. And this chapter is about selling, motivating, and persuading. So Shirzai says that we're all in sales in one way or another. We, don't, we might not think about it as selling. But if we're persuading or motivating someone to do something, we're kind of selling them on the idea of like that thing that, we're, that we want them to do. So it could be like motivating uh, a colleague to work on a project with you rather than work on a different project. Or you could be persuading your teenage daughter to be careful with her own physical safety at a party. Or you're persuading your spouse to get this for dinner instead of that for dinner. Kind of all the same principles. So he talks about three principles of selling. And they're all like PQ principles. And again, the PQ is just positive intelligence. And PQ is just a measure of how much um, the probability of happiness in whatever the area of your life may be it could just be your personal happiness or it could be in relation to your job or it could be in relation to a relationship so your PQ is just the scale from 1 to 100 if you take the positive intelligence quiz then you can measure what number you are on that scale and if you are around the 75 mark then that means that at least 3 out of 4 times you are your brain or your mind is working in your favor and only one out of four times your saboteurs are in the lead so just a a couple reminders of what all this terminology means so the first pq principle of selling is that the pq channel is more important to selling than the data channel the pq channel being the right brain the kind of emotional side and the data channel being the left brain that's the logical objective data side but he argues that are that we buy based on emotion and intuition and a lot of people don't really want to admit that but he has a cool example here that a person who might test drive this nice red brand new Porsche They get an an adrenaline rush and they love it the first time they get to drive it. Just random test drive, you know. So after this test drive, he goes on this whole exhaustive analysis of the car's build, performance, retail, resale value, efficiency, environmental impact, all this stuff. Gathered all this data so that his rational mind would have a justification behind the emotional mind as to why he should buy this car. Because he says that the PQ channel leads us to make buying decisions, while the data channel follows to justify the choice and sustain the illusion of rationality and control. And I I think that's a really interesting concept because I know for myself, sometimes I'll just want to buy something so bad because it's like so cute, like it's a cute outfit or shoes or something like that. And... I my log I I feel that logical side of me trying to come up behind it like, oh yeah, this is a a really nice dress. It would be really great for the summertime because it's nice and breezy and loose and flowy. And really, I don't even care if it's not functional. I just want it because it's cute. So sometimes I just go ahead and get it if I don't think about it too much. I'll just go ahead and get it. But if I do think about it too much, I do realize it's not practical or. Even worse, it doesn't fit me, but I have hopes that one day it'll fit me. So I just get it anyway. So um, I see that his example working for me. So he he just says though that persuasion and inspiration are functions of the PQ brain. So if you are in the position of wanting someone to do something, persuasion or the the emotional side of the, the brain, the intuition and emotion is very important. And so our second PQ principle of selling is that the buyer is much more likely to say yes if her PQ brain is activated. So the way that that can happen is that your own PQ brain is activated. That's actually the third principle is that you must shift yourself first into PQ brain before you can get the buyer to shift his or her PQ brain. But just going back to the second principle, Our PQ brain is wired to thrive, while the survivor brain is wired to preserve the status quo, basically to make sure that you stay safe and alive. And saying yes to something that's unknown could literally lead to death. (laughs) And we know it's it's not really going to be life or death when it comes to should I buy this or not. Typically, that's not the case. But... If we go back to our very basic nature and basic needs and like the basis of our evolution, we come from a place of needing to make these decisions in order to literally survive. Like, should I eat this food or is it going to poison me and kill me if I eat it? Or like, I want to be accepted by my tribe, so I, should I do this thing or should I not? Will they reject me or accept me if I do this thing? So I can, like, like I've been saying before, I can understand the survivor brain and why it does what it does, and its purpose is to keep us alive and keep us safe. So that's all good and great everything, but you know that a lot of times when we want to buy something, it is to help us thrive, to help our, make our lives easier, or to challenge ourselves to be better or stronger, or learn something new. So it is beneficial to have a balance between both sides of ourselves. So he does mention that if you wanna sell something based on fear, you can do that. And, and you just simply do that by highlighting like all of the potential dangers or, um, or just kind of reminding them of why you are not safe. And he uses the example of a politician wanting to sell the idea of an expensive and unnecessary war they do so by casting fear in the mind of the receiver that the that there's an imminent attack on the country from the from the opposing country or that there's some kind of threat so I, I personally just like don't like that ideal but and and specifically that one just in the means of war but if it was something like like hey I, I know that you've been wanting to increase your uh, physical fitness so I, I have this personal trainer that I've been using and he's really pushed me and helped me be better and stronger and more confident so I recommend him to you And so you know if you don't get this personal trainer you might not progress you might even regress and not even be as good and strong as you are now so like that example I'm kind of using fear to persuade you but I'm also giving you my own personal experience of how this has been beneficial to me so it's a little bit of both okay so then the third principle like I said before Is that you need to shift yourself into the PQ brain before you can get the buyer to shift their mind into the PQ brain because we have something called mirror neurons so it's just oh my god the concept of mirror neurons is so interesting to me it's basically just that when you see someone doing something your brain will mimic them and you kind of do the same thing too it's, it's like automatic in a subconscious, so you can't really control it. But he explains that you act, your brain actually tunes into their frequency of their brain. So even if you're trying to project a certain attitude, if it's not genuine, their brain is going to know that you're lying. And you're, their brain is going to sync up to whatever your real frequency is. So I just thought that was so interesting, because you can't fake it. Like, if you if you genuinely want to sell and persuade someone something, and you genuinely think it's gonna be good for them, or whatever the case may be, you really want them to have it. Maybe not even that it's good for them, but you really want them to have it, then their brain is gonna feel that and know that. So I, I don't even, I don't wanna say that that's gonna guarantee a yes or anything, but it just, to me, it, it makes things more real and authentic and genuine because it's it's beyond just words it's like a whole vibe so i just think that's so cool all right so those are the three principles again i'll just go through real quick the first pq principle of selling is that the pq channel is more important to selling than the data channel the second pq principle of selling is that the PQ principle, oh, is that the buyer is more likely to say yes if their brain, their PQ brain is activated. And the third PQ principle of selling is that if you shift yourself into PQ brain before you can get the buyer to shift his or her PQ brain. Oh my gosh, I accidentally changed the background music just now. (laughs) I just had a whole moment of messing up everything. That's okay though. I'm gonna just keep going. The third PQ principle of selling. I don't like this music though. I'm gonna go back to the last one. Okay, we good. Is that what I was on? I don't, no, that's not it. Okay. Excuse me, lovely people. I digress. But I like doing these in one take. So, and I'm already 12 minutes in. Like, I'm not starting over. <laughs> okay. So, the third PQ principle of selling. Is that you need to shift yourself to the PQ brain before you can get the buyer to shift into their PQ brain okay cool okay so the case study that I'm going through is a a man became the VP of sales for a software company and things were not going well the overall the entire group was just like not performing highly and so Shazad comes in, and they all did individual PQ assessments. Their average score was 59, which as you know, is well below that 75 where we really want to be. And so they kind of it did some exploring, and we're figuring out why they were operating at the level they were. And they all kind of confessed that they were really afraid of the rejection and because of the rejection all of their saboteurs were just running rampant some of them were procrastinating and avoiding making new calls some of them were getting upset with new clients so they were just they just didn't have have a good vibe or a good attitude so that was not any good for the new clients either and so the like the worst part about this is that their recovery time took a long time and the recovery time is just when you receive the initial rejection how long does it take before it doesn't hurt when you think of that situation again and some people said that it took them days and some people said they just distracted themselves so they weren't even kind of um processing the feelings from it they were just distracting themselves which is another saboteur in action because I think it's important to confront our feelings and feel them and let them flow rather than ignore them because that just kind of traps them inside of you and emotion is energy emotion so it's meant to be moving and it's not meant to be stagnant and held inside so they were not processing their conclusions very well and so they they all committed to working on uh, weakening the saboteurs and strengthening the sages through doing the PQ reps and also through different little activities, the ones that he's been giving throughout the book, such as the empathizing when you you have the picture of yourself as a child. They actually even traded each other's pictures, emailed each other pictures of themselves as children. And it, it kind of, it was like, it gave them the ability to empathize with each other and also having the image of their, their colleagues as children gave them the ability to extend that to their clients and imagine them also as children. And that just builds your empathy for one another because we're all that, that innocent, little happy child inside. So from, so they, the first, focus, the first focus was recovery. and the whole point of everything is that they wanted to be able to bounce back from rejection faster. Because if you are in the business of sales, there will be rejections. It's inevitable. And that's okay. So they begin with the empathize, like I said, they start with the pictures, empathizing with themselves and each other and with their buyers. And that allowed them to show up more genuinely for their for their buyers, their customers. And it took a little bit of time, it took a few weeks for the the overall group of them to really see improvement in their own feelings. They, and I say that because although they didn't have improvements in their sales, they felt better. They, they felt more energized and less stressed. Their PQ went from an average of 59 to an average of 69. And granted, that's still not at the 75 that we wanna be, but there was much improvement. And I really appreciate that although they weren't seeing results in the work yet, they were confident in themselves and they felt better about themselves because that's like the most important bottom line is how do you feel about yourself? Everything is a reflection of that. And so after these first few weeks, they moved into the explore, and they were exploring why they got rejections. And they did that without any blame or shame. It was just, hey, what happened? What did we do Right. What, did, what wasn't so successful? What did we do right? What did we do wrong? What can we do more of? What can we do less of? So it's pretty simple as that. And it's kind of funny. He said, in order to sell, you need to let go of needing to sell to sell and immerse yourself fully into the fascination of discovery. And I like that because it's simply just cause and effect. It's not what, like, get the sale. It's just what felt good for me, what felt good for them. How did this flow? How was our conversation? And so after the exploring, they do innovation, the innovate mode or the innovate power. <laughs> and they, they realize that sometimes the solution is out of the box. It's, it's not what they think it is. And it's important that the seller is already thinking outside the box because the buyer likely already has a box and the seller could get brought into that too because the buyer might not really fully know what their wants and needs are. And the, the seller has the opportunity to show them, like, hey, things could be different if you were open-minded open minded to X, Y, and Z. So I thought that was really cool. And I, I think that sometimes that could be a good thing or a bad thing. So I think it's important to, to be a good <laughs> genuine person to like practice these powerful principles, because as we all know, like, there's tons of ads that tell you why your face isn't nice, why your body's shaped weird, why these clothes are not good, or all these things about why you're not good enough, and they, they, like, end it off with saying, here, buy my product, and you'll be better, and I don't think that's a good thing, but if it's something that could truly help your life and improve your your well-being and your happiness like genuinely improve you and not just make you look better to someone else then this is some good stuff and so from from that again though that it this is not about what can I do to make this sell it it's just what can I do to have a genuine connection with this person because honestly You, They might not need your product. They might not need whatever you have to offer them. And it's important to just be honest no matter what. If they're not for you, that's okay. Someone else will be. There's so many people in the world. It's all good. You don't need everybody. You'll get a few, though. I promise you that. (laughs) And so after they, they go through the Innovate, they go through Navigate. And again, this is when we talk about values, like what's important to you. The decisions you want to make have to be in alignment line with your values or they're not going to stick and so he talks about how some coaches might spend a little bit of time on vision and a lot of time on planning but then a lot of time on overcoming obstacles and then we go to the next steps but he focuses on spending a lot of time on vision a little on planning and a little on obstacles and a little on the next steps because once you are so focused on your vision, you are so deep in your PQ brain, anything is possible. You can't you'll plan out exactly perfectly what you need to do. And any obstacles that might come your way, yeah, you know what they are. You already know because you've thought about them a million times. You'll say them and from that you will work on a plan to get through them. And I just thought that was so cool how he showed that in here and how I can identify with that so much. If I want to do something bad enough, it doesn't matter what's in my way. I'm going to get through it. Like I can guarantee that I just need to be so solid in my vision that nothing will stop me from moving forward. And the the last little part is activate. But I will say real quick. He did mention that some of these people, some of these workers were feeling like they just they just work for a software company. Their work doesn't really matter. But if you remember, earlier in the book he talked about some hospital cleaners and administrative assistants that like had a three a, th- a third split where some of them just thought of it as a job, some as a career, and some as a calling. So it doesn't really matter what you're doing all that matters is how you think about what you're doing so i just suggest and he does too that you find aspects of your job that are meaningful to you so even though you it might not inherently have value to others you can create value and meaning in anything you do that is your ability and option so and if you can't do that if it's really just like sucks then find something else to do. There's so many jobs and ways to make money. Nobody has to do anything they don't wanna do. (laughs) So, and I, I say that with the empathizing perspective that it's not always as easy as it seems, but I just encourage you to be courageous and step out on a limb and do what it takes to make you happy because at the end of the day, the end of your life you're the only one who has to live with your decisions so the last little bit is activate and we activate by just truly applying everything that we have been doing and from that we just well that's that's it really we just apply what we've been doing we take out any necessary action that we need to and so what they did is that they they found meaning in their jobs and they were honest about what was working or was not working they were thinking outside of the box and being honest at any cost even if it meant that they were not the the right person or product for their buyer and they were coming from a place of authenticity not to get a sale but to serve their customer even if that meant their customer didn't need them there's always another customer so the gift at the end the the gift at the end of this is that a few months later he did a follow-up with them and their average pq was up to a 79 and they had increased their sales by 28 percent. they were able able to be publicly sold and it was like all good they got what they wanted just took a few months to do it and it took some work and a few people even mentioned how they took some of these principles and applied them to their personal lives with their, their spouses and children and it made tremendous impacts. And so I really just love this whole PQ framework because it can really be applied to so many areas of our lives. And that's just so cool to me because it, it reminds me of Alton Brown. He used to say, like, don't get kitchen tools that just are only one place, only one thing. Get things that are versatile that you can use in a lot of different places. So you don't have a lot of cool tools in your kitchen taking up space. And so I will end that this chapter with that thought. And that's, yeah, that's it. So if you are in sales and this meant something to you please let me know and I can definitely go over go over it more in depth with you I will probably be using some of these principles in the very near future because I am creating a course on confidence how we can build confidence one day at a time a few seconds a day so I'm super excited about that and I'll keep you posted So, got one more chapter, which is the conclusion The Magnificent You. It might be two more podcasts. We'll see because he has an appendix at the end that has a lot more information. So, I'm not sure if I should include that or not. I'm going to read through it again and see what's up with that. But thank you for being here once again. This podcast is a little bit longer than my other ones, but I, I pray that it brought you value. And if there's anything I can do for you in addition, I'm here for you. Let me know. You know, my website is abstractlogic.me. And on there, you can fill out an information form or you can find my social media handles on there and just contact me. Thank you to people who have already contacted me. I'm so glad that I can be of help in any way, even if it's just to say, hey, Have a great day. Keep up the good work. You're doing better than you think you are. Whatever it is, I love to be here and I love to be of service. So I will see you in the next one. Well, I guess I won't see you, but I'll be here and you'll hear me in the next one. (laughs) So until then, peace, love, and blessings, beautiful, wonderful people. Peace.